we have a crisis in the world, tremendous crisis, and also crisis in our consciousness, in us. I see the urgency of change, radical revolution, mutation in the mind. I see it. It is necessary. There is complete quietness of the mind, and that which is silent has vast space. Only then that which is nameless comes into being. This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of Urgency of Change. This week's episode is Krishnamurti in conversation with Pupo Jayaka, entitled Living with Death. Next week's episode is a conversation with Asit Shanmal on thought and intelligence. This is a podcast from Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. Please see our official YouTube channel for hundreds of video and audio recordings of full talks and carefully chosen extracts. We are a non-profit charity and rely on your support to continue to preserve and make Krishnamurti's work available. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider leaving a review. Pupujaka was a trustee of the Krishnamurti Foundation India and for decades was a friend of Krishnamurti's. She helped publish many of his books in India, along with writing a biography which was published soon after his death. Her other books include The Earth Mother, The Buddha, and God is Not a Full Stop. This conversation from 1982 looks at ending and death. What is ending? The mind cannot enter into a totally new dimension if there is a shadow of memory. If the movement of thought ends, consciousness as we know it is not. Thought is the enemy of compassion. What significance has death? Have we seen the meaning of death, the extraordinary beauty of ending something? Mr. Jack and we are going to have a very, very serious discussion, dialogue very serious and if if you don't understand or if you get bored go out quietly right nobody don't stay if you're bored who will tell us when to start One of the questions which I feel lie at the very depth of the human mind is the coming to be and the ceasing to be, life and death. It is around these 
to the wonder of birth and the fear of death that the whole of my man's life really uh, uh, all his urges his demands his desires his fears his anxieties rest between these two poles birth and death birth and death at one level we understand birth and death but i think only the superficial mind understands and unless we understand at depth the whole problem of existence which is held between these two the whole problem that lies in the ending of anything the fear the anxiety that the darknesses and shadows which surround that one word why do you <coughs> use the word problem why do you make that interval between birth and death a problem why do you call it a problem in itself birth and death are facts but the mind can never leave them alone the mind clings to one and rejects the other no but i'm just asking and therefore the problem why why do you use the word problem that's what i'm problem asking. is because of the shadows which surround one word which is the the joy and splendor of what we see as life and the demand to hold to it at any cost and to evade that which means an ending this is a problem out of it rises sorrow out of it rises fear out of it all the, all the demands so what is the question so how do we explore how can we be free of these darknesses that surround the word how can our mind look at death with this with this simplicity and observe it for what it is but we so can never are you, observe are you merely considering what is death or that great period between life and death are you including if i may ask the whole process of living with all its complexity misery confusion uncertainty all that and the ending are, are you concerned i'm just they're using the word concerned <clears throat> to find out what death means hmm? and what this long process of struggle conflict misery etc to which we cling and avoid the other or are you say asking the whole movement of it you see the <clears throat> there is a whole movement of existence in which life and death are but if you take it in 
and make the scope so wide. I don't think you can get to, to the, the anguish and the, of the sorrow of ending. And I want to investigate into the sorrow of ending. Is that, is that all your, or are you inquiring? Just may, for me, ask. Sorrow of ending, ending sorrow, or are you inquiring into the whole process of living, dying? In which is included sorrow, fear, and all the rest of it? In that one sentence, I feel what you say is correct. It is the whole movement of living and dying, dying which is existence. You talk of the ending of sorrow. Yes. Uh, the ending of sorrow. I talk of that fear and anguish, which is the sorrow of ending. Uh-huh. Quite, quite, quite. You see, quite. the two are slightly quite. different. Yes, I understand. There's sorrow a, of ending. There is a sorrow, such anguish of something which is and something ceasing no. to be. Something which is so marvellous, beautiful, fills one's life. And the knowledge which lurks behind, that that must end. Now, what is ending? What do you mean ending? What is ending? Ending is that that which is ceases to be available to our senses. That which exists, sustains, ceases to be. It eternally. That word eternally. What is this? I don't quite understand. Sir, there is, something is. And in the very nature of its isness, the ending of that, the disappearance of that, for eternity. The word eternity. Why do you use that word eternity? Because there is an absoluteness in it. The ending. In an ending. There is no tomorrow in ending. Now, just a minute. Ending what? Ending that which sustains. The sorrow is the ending of that. The ending of sorrow and the ending no, what? is not eternity. No, the sorrow of something which is so marvellous, ending. Wait a minute, is it so marvellous? Let me come down to something which is more direct. Yeah. You are, you are. And that you should not be uh, is no. great anguish. Yes, yeah. you are. You not you no. are in no. a gen. You are. Yes, What do you mean, you? Are? You, Krishna Murti, is. All right. And the, the, in that, in he, that the, word, it's in that statement itself, yeah. is the tremendous anguish of Krishna Murti ceasing to be. I say now. Are you uh, the anguish of 
K ending or K in himself ending. You follow what I'm saying? How do what how do you distinguish the two? Death is inevitable to this person. Right? Yes. Coming to he's, yes. he's going to end someday. Yes. To him it doesn't matter. There's yes. no fear, no anguish, no no. He said that so. But you look at that person and say, Oh my God, he's going to die. Yes. So the the if I may use that word anguish as you use the word, is your anguish. It's my anguish. Yeah. Now why? Isn't it? Why should it be? Why should then? It is. No, I no. Don't. Why, why do you I, ask why? No, I mean, I want to know why. My, someone dies. Whatever he is, beautiful, ugly, all that human existence contained in that person, and he dies, which is inevitable, and. I look at that person, I've lived with that person. I've been I I love that person. And that person dies. I am in error. <coughs> right? Yes. Why? Why am I in a terrible state, anguish, tears, desperate loneliness? Why am I in sorrow? I am not. We are not discussing this intellectually. No. No. I am talking about much more seriously. Why should I? I've lost that person. It's been dear to me, companion, all the rest of it, and here comes to an end. I think it's really important to understand the ending. The ending. Because there is something totally new when there is an ending to everything. That is why I asked. You cannot ask the why of it. No, uh, why is merely put as a because inquiry? No, but isn't it inevitable? He that was the perfume of my existence. Yes, Jesus. I loved him. I loved him. Yes, he was my companion, sexually, from all the rest of it. He, and in whom I, I, I felt full. Great. Yes. And that person comes to an end. Right? Isn't it sorrow? It is. My son dies or my brother dies. It's a tremendous sorrow. Yes. Or shed tears and anxiety. And mind then says, I must find comfort 
and invents the idea that I'll meet him next life and all that stuff begins. Now, I'm asking myself, why man carries this sorrow with him? I know it's sorrowful, I know it is devastating. It's as though the whole existence has been uprooted. It's like a marvellous tree torn down in an instant, cut down in an instant. That has happened. I think I'm in sorrow because I've never really understood deeply what is ending. I've lived forty, fifty-eight years. During those periods, period, I have never realized the meaning of ending. You? I understand. The ending, putting an end to something which I hold dear. I mean, my say for instance, totally ending belief. Totally ending attachment. The ending of it, not the ending of it in order to continue in another direction. What makes the mind capable capable of ending? Of ending. It is a question which. It's fear, of course. For example, I'm just saying a very ordinary example, which is common to all of us. To end completely without any motive and direction, attachment. With all its complexity, with all its implications, to have no attachment to anything, to your experience, to your memory, to your knowledge. That's what's going to happen when death comes. After all, Ending to knowledge. And that's what I'm clinging one is clinging to. The knowledge that that person dies. I've lived with him, I've cherished him, I've looked after him. We have been tremendously compared. All that. The beauty and the conflict and all that's involved. And to, and to end totally, absolutely, to the memory of all that. That is death, right? That's what's going to happen when my son, brother, wife, husband dies, 
ماذا؟ Is there? You have often said, "Learn, uh, living, enter the house of death." Yes. You have used that phrase. What is exactly meant by it? Yes, I have done it. And what uh, is meant by it? Meant by that, to invite death while living, not commit suicide. I'm not talking, about or take a pill. And exit. <laughs> I'm talking of ending. I I think it's very important that the not only the word itself contains you know, a depth of meaning, the ending of something, the ending of a memory. I'm taking that as a simple example. The memory of an experience which I have cherished, held on, hold on to, something that has given me a great delight, a sense of depth and well-being. And to that memory I cling. And I and I'm living in that memory, though I'm do ordinary work and go to the office or whatever it is, but that memory is so endearing, so extraordinarily vital. I hold on to that, and therefore I never find out what it means to end. I think there is a great deal in that. At least I feel. The great deal in the sense of ending every day, everything that you have psychologically gathered. Attachment you can end. That is the end. That is death. That is not death. What would you call death? The organism coming to an end? Death? Or the image that I have built about you? You see, when you reduce it to that, I will say the image which you have built about you. But it is much more than that. What is much more? There is, of course, much more than that. But I am just inquiring to it. Much more than that. That is, I have lived with you cherish you and all the rest of it. And the image of you is deeply rooted in me. Yes. And <clears throat> I'm not talking about it. you die. And that image becomes gathers greater strength. Naturally. Yes. I I, I put flowers to it, give poetic uh, words to it, and all that. But it's the image that is living. And I'm talking about the ending of that image. Sir, because I cannot 
the mind cannot enter into a totally new dimension if there is a shadow of memory of anything. Because that is timeless. That is eternal. And if I come, if I, if the if the mind is to enter into that, it mustn't be have the any element of time in it. I think this is logical, rational. And what is it we object to? But life is not not it doesn't it's ah, not lived. No, of course not. On the logical and rational. Of course not. It's not. Life is, I mean, logic and rational. Of course, of course. It's not. But the, the, stay, the ending of everything that you have gathered psychologically, which is time, and to understand that which is everlasting without time, mind must be free of all that. That's all I'm saying. And therefore there must be ending. Therefore, then there is no exploration into ending. Oh yes. What is the exploration into ending? No. What is ending? Putting yes. To, uh, yeah. Ending to continuity. The continuity of, of a particular thought, a particular uh, direction, a particular desire, it is these give life a continuity. The birth and the dying in that great interval, there is a there is a deep continuity, like a river. The volume of water makes the river marvelous. So, I mean, that like the Ganga, like the, the Rhine and so on, the great rivers of the world, the Amazon and so on. But we live on the surface of this vast river of our life. And, and to see the beauty of that, and we cannot see it if we are always on surface. And the ending of it is the continuity of the surface. I don't know what ending of it is the continuity of the surface? No. No. The ending of it is the ending of the... Of? Of the surface. Ending of the surface. What dies? What? What dies? 
all that I have accumulated, both outwardly and inwardly. I have built a good business, which, which brings me a lot of money, a good taste, nice house, a nice wife, children, beautiful garden. And uh, my life has given a continuity to that, to end that. Tell me, with the death of the body of Krishnamurti, the consciousness of Krishnamurti will end? Please, I'm well, giving the great deal two, of weight in this. Yeah, there are two things you have said the consciousness of K and the ending of the body. Ending of the body. The body will end. Yes. That is obvious. Yes. You say, time, time accident, disease and so on, that will end. So what is the consciousness of that person? This enormous, unending, abounding compassion. Yeah. Suppose I take Let's that, put it, put it in that words. Yeah. I wouldn't call that consciousness. I'm using the word consciousness because it is associated with the body of Krishnamurti. Yes, but it is because not. Because it is associated with the body of Krishnamurti, I can't think of another word. I can say the mind of Krishnamurti, I can say the consciousness. But I would like keep to the word consciousness, yes. if you don't mind, and let's look at it. The consciousness of a human being is, is its content. Yes. Right? Yes. The content is, is the whole movement of thought. Yes. The learning the language, the career, specialization, beliefs, dogmas, rituals, suffering, pain, anxiety, loneliness, desperate sense of Fear. Yes. All that is the movement of thought. Hmm? Yes. If the movement of thought ends, yes. consciousness as we know it is not. But thought as a movement in consciousness as we know it, does not exist in the mind of Krishnamurti, let me say it. Yet there is a state of being which manifests itself when I am in contact with him, or when I – it manifests itself. No. Therefore, whether you use uh, – don't use it to thought. No, I'm very care one is very careful in pointing out something. 
Consciousness, as we know it, is the movement of thought. Yes. Ugly, noble, yes, all yes, that. Yes. It's movement of thought. Yes. It's movement of time. Yes. Yes, I see that. Huh? I, I, I see yeah. that very clearly. Yes. That is, the human consciousness, as we know it, is that. Yes. When thought, after investigating, etc., etc., comes to an end, yes. not in the material world, but in the psychological world, thought comes to an end. Consciousness, as we know it, is not. So you can use any other word. Well, I'm sticking to that But word. there is a state of being which manifests itself as Krishna Yes, yes. Now, yeah, yeah. what word shall I use? No, you can't. You still do perfectly right. I'm not asking you should change words. But you say, for example, through meditation, in the real meditation, not the phony stuff that's going on in the world, the real meditation, you you come to a point that is absolute. Yes. And I see this. Yes. I feel it. Yes. I, to me that's a most extraordinary state. Mm. The contact through you, I feel this immensely. Yes. And my whole urge, striving, says I'm, that I must capture. Have whatever word you use. Right? But you have it. Not you have it. It is there. It's not you, Pupulji, having it. It is there. It's not your Samai. It is there. But it is there because of you. Ah! You see, Ah! It is there not because of me. It is there. Where? All right, it has no place. <laughs> I can only accept, huh? I can only accept it up to a point. No, sir, I will not accept. It has. It has. It, first of all, it's not yours or mine, right? I only know. That it is manifest in the person of Krishna. Therefore, when you say it has no place, I cannot accept it. It, Naturally. It it has a place. Because you have identified K with that. But K is that. K is. Yes, maybe. But K says. It is nothing to do whatsoever with K or with anybody. It's there. 
beauty is not yours or mine. It's there in the tree, in the flower. It's there. But, sir, the healing and the compassion which is in K is not out there. I know, of course not. So, the healing and the compassion of K, that's what I'm talking about. But that is not K, this. <laughs> but it is manifest and it will not be, it will cease to be manifest. That's what I'm asking. I said, I get it, I get it. Please see this, sir. Of course, of course, of course. I understand what you're trying to say. <coughs> I question that. What do you mean you question that? As it is, it may manifest through X. That which is manifested, or which is manifesting, doesn't belong to X. May not belong to. I'm. May not it has belong. Nothing to do with K X. I'm prepared to accept that also. That it does not belong to K. But K and that are inseparable. Yes. All right. But it. But you see, when you identify that with the person. I can't... Not separate. You see, we are entering into a very delicate thing. Yes, that's what I want. I wanted to... I want to go slowly into it. Quite. You see, whatever the... Take the Buddha. Whatever the Buddha consciousness was, or was manifesting through him, it has ceased to be. Huh? It has ceased to be in terms of manifestation. I question it. I doubt if it has not. Let's be very careful. You say, I'm talking, let's talk about the Buddha Pachmi rather <clears throat> You say the consciousness of that person, Buddha, ceased when he passed away, right? It manifested through him. It manifested through him, yes. And he was that. He was that, yes. And when he died, you say that disappeared. That, no, I don't say, I have no knowledge of saying that it disappeared. I only say, my, it could no longer be contacted. See this, Shtiti? Naturally not. Why do you say naturally not? Because he, maybe you know this, he, he, he was illumined and therefore he came to it. Yes, yes. Hmm? yes. Therefore he and that were, yes. there was no division. Yes. I, his disciples said, My God, he's dead. Hmm? Yes. And with his death, that th whole thing is over. It's over. I say it's not. 
that which is good can never be over. As evil, you can use that word without too much darkness involving that word, evil continues in the world. Right? That evil is totally different from that which is good. So, the good manifests upon the good will always exist, has always existed, as not the opposite of it, the evil in itself has continued. But we are moving away, sir. I, I know, I know. know. Slightly I, we are I'm moving not quite away. sure. doesn't matter. Go ahead. You say that it will it does not disappear with it. Good can never disappear. I'm talking of that great illumined compassion and healing. Of but now I can contact it. Yes. But you can contact it even if that person is not. That's the whole point. It has nothing to do with person. What you say about being a light to yourself, is it involved with the contacting of that without a person? What is involved in that? When you say it can be contacted without a person, not contact. No, so, know, I'll give what, it what can, can be, be perceived, lived. It can be. It can. It is there for you to reach out and hold. And to reach out and to receive it, you must know all the thought as consciousness, which we know, has come to an end. Her thought is really the enemy of that. Thought is the enemy of compassion, obviously. demands not great sacrifice, this and that, but awakened intelligence which sees the movement of thought and the very awareness of ends. That's That's what real meditation is. Right? What? Significance then has death? None. (coughs) 
No. No. It has no meaning because you are living with a death all the time. Because you are ending everything all the time. I don't think we see the importance or the beauty of ending. We see the uh, continuity with its waves of beauty and with its all this superficiality. I drive away tomorrow. Do I cut myself completely from you? No, not from me. You cut yourself away from that, from that eternity, with all its compassion and so on. If it's no longer a memory, that's simple, isn't it? I meet you. I meet the Buddha. I've listened to him very greatly. It has made a tremendous impression in me. The whole. The truth of what he says is abiding. And he goes away. He told me very carefully, be a light to yourself. So that that truth is with me. That it's in, it, is be, it is the seed that is flowering in me. So if you go away, the seed is flowering. I may miss him. I say, I'm sorry. He's a friend. I've lost a friend, or somebody whom I really loved. That's but what is important is that seed which of truth which he has, which has been planted by my. Alertness, awareness, intense listening, that seed will flower. <coughs> otherwise, otherwise, what's the point of somebody having it? If, if X has this extraordinary illumination, or can use that word, this sense of Immensely compassion, love, and all of that. If it is only he, that person has it, and he dies, what's the what? Sir, may I ask one question? What is the reason for his what? being? Huh? What is the reason then for his being? What's the reason for his being? Yes. For his existence? Yes. To manifest that. To be embodiment of that. To be, you know, all that. Why should there be any reason? 
Flower has no reason. Beauty has no reason. It exists. But if I try to find a reason, the flower is not. I'm not mystifying all this, putting a lot of putting it all in a fog, which becomes mysterious. I'm doing, it's not that. As I say, it is there for anyone to reach and to hold it. And so death probably is something like birth, which is an extraordinary, must be extraordinary event to the mother and perhaps to the father. But the birth and death are so far apart. You follow? And all the travail of that continuity is the misery of man. And if that continuity can end each day, you are living with death, which, is, which then is a total renewal of something which has no continuity. That's why I think it's important to understand the meaning of that word ending. Totally ending to experience. Or that which has been experienced and remains in the mind as memory. we go, got some more time, could we go into the question whether a human being can live, apart from physical knowledge, driving hmm, a car, writing a letter and so on, that knowledge, can he live without Time and knowledge. You follow what I mean? But isn't what we said so far that is living with ending in the very nature of this question? Yes. That's why I brought it in. That is, if when the mind is capable of living with ending. Yes. It can. It's capable of living. Death. With the ending of time yes. and the that's ending. It. Of that's it. I mean, this may be just a lot of words. No, but uh, sir, it doesn't. It involve. You see, you can. One of the things is, you can do nothing about it, but. You can observe and listen. And in now, 
I'm getting to a little more, if I may take Go it. Ahead, there is the stream of knowledge. Is a stream of knowledge. Stream of knowledge. When I say, can I be free or not free or hold it or give it up, it's one element of that stream of knowledge making that statement. Of course, of course. Therefore, of course, there's no meaning. It has no meaning. Now, the stream of man of knowledge throws up because of challenge or whatever. Yes, it yes. throws up. The only thing possible is an awakeness where that throwing up and perceiving subsides. it subsides. Quite the flowering of that and, and dying. The subsiding. Is there anything else really for man to do but to be awake to this rising and subsiding? Are you seeing to really understand, to have that goodness, let's call it for the moment, you can't do anything. Is that what you say? Can't do anything. I'm not entirely sure of that. That's what I want. Tell me. Isn't that rather ultimate statement? I cannot do anything. No, sir. Either I can do. Let's let's find out. No, you see. Either I can do, then the next question has to be, what can, what I, can do? I do? If I say I cannot do... What makes you say I cannot? Because... No, let's investigate it together. Help me. Let's investigate What makes you say I can do nothing about it? About what? About this rising ah, out ah, of the stream of no, no, that I'm, is. Yes, uh, that is what we are talking about. Yes. There is a stream of knowledge. Yes, there is a stream of, that's all. Either, it expresses uh, either I am a separate entity to that stream of knowledge. Which you are not. Which I, and in investigating, I see. You are not. That that's one is not. Yes, now, if I am as the stream of knowledge, then the throwing up of that stream... I understand, I understand that. If you make a statement that I... I I am the state of knowledge, and I cannot do anything about it because it's playing with words. I understand that once you once you verbalize it, it can become a. Yes. But what what is possible? What is the what is the what what is the state of mind? What is the state of mind? That. that is so sensitive that it is sensitive to the rising as well as the ending. You see, it, it, uh, there has why to do you use, if it is sensitive, mm, it's never arising, nor ending. So That's why I, I, I must be a little see, careful about that. That is why I say we don't know that state. I, I really don't know that state where it is so sensitive that there is no <coughs> arising. The fact is there is arising. Arise. Just me. 
Can't you do something about the arising? Not, not in the try to change it, try to um, modify it or rationalize, escape or all that. Can you not see the arising of anger and be aware of that? Let it flower and end. Not in, I'm using the word flower in the sense not get violent about it, hit somebody. See anger arising. See, it needs a violent expression of that anger, and watch the whole movement of that anger. Let it flower. As you flower, as it flowers, it dies, like a flower. In the morning, it's born and dies in the evening. This I've never understood. That's what. No, I. The mind which is capable of the mind which is capable of observing. How does anger arise at all? No. You see, how can it, it, it observe be, wait, an arising? Wait, wait, wait. It may be that I'm not, the mind has not understood the whole movement of violence. No, but I want to ask you, this is something which has always puzzled me. Right. How does one observe, observe without the observer? That. Now you're introducing something. Because else. otherwise, of course, of course, of course, you're caught. Of course, to observe with the observer. Of course, I'm but talking I... generally of a human mind which has separated itself as the observer and the observed. Yeah, then you can That's observe it. the now, anger wait, wait. arising. So, so what happens? You Your can... mind can do something. Yes, they, uh, you can observe anger arising. You can, uh, yeah, you can, yeah, you can yeah, watch that. its manifestations yeah, and, and not interfere with the yeah, manifestations, it, and then let it subside. Yeah, subside. That you can do. Yes, that is. That's all I'm talking. That's, that is. That can be done. And that is what the mind. I mean, a mind which we call awake. That is what the mind does. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. It can do something. You follow? Not say I can't do anything. The mind that says I cannot do anything is motionless. Right? It's only the mind that says I can do something, is acting. It's only the mind that says, Says I cannot do anything. Therefore, it's absolutely quiet. But that is, you follow. It's like asking a schoolboy, say, "Be quiet." Poor chap, he doesn't even know what it means. He's full of vitality, jumping, talking, yelling, crying. <laughs> to him, that's life. So have we, have we in this dialogue 
seen the meaning of death, the extraordinary beauty of ending something. Even ending to learning, Ending the demand for experience. Ending everything that you've been struggling, wanting, holding. I think that is in that there is tremendous beauty in that. That's why I think death has an extraordinary beauty and vitality. That, you know, how does, do you think there can be a learning of the mind, in the mind, to face an ultimate death. What? To face the ultimate, ultimate death. death. What is there to learn, Prabhu? It's very you interesting. See? There's nothing to learn except no, all but the things. What the is there to learn? The mind, this statement of yours, the mind must receive it without agitation. Yes, yes. You see? Yes. Without agitation. To receive a statement like that without agitation is the only way that when death comes, there will be no there will perhaps That's be no it. agitation. Yes. That's right. That is the That's right. Not I'm using the word agitation. Yes, 